Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to a Gatecast bonus episode. Mike is not here today, instead we have a new guest. Guest, would you care to introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Chris. I'm a Stargate fan, mainly a Michael Shanks fan. I've been a fan since about 2007. Tonight we're going to be watching uh, an episode of a show Michael continued doing after Stargate, which is Saving Hope. I'm assuming a lot of our massive listenership are familiar with this show. Chris is a large fan of the show, so might be able to give a brief intro since we're in season three now. Just establish some context before we kick off. Yeah. Okay, Saving Hope is basically a medical drama with a slight twist in that the lead character played by Michael, called Dr. Charlie Harris, can see ghosts. So he suddenly becomes a super medical person because he can see these ghosts and knows what's going on in surgeries when others don't know things. Or is he actually just batshit crazy and he suffered brain damage in the trauma uh, he spent most of season one in? No, I don't think so, because, I mean, there's another character that's doing exactly the same as well, gets introduced, and he's lovely. He's got a voice for radio, that other character, because he's got a sort of, you know, that sort of resonant baritone timbre. He probably does do it in real life, the actor, I don't know. But yeah, no, this is good. And there's a warmth to it. There's a, He reminds me, there's an actor, have you seen Veronica Mars? Yeah. There's an actor who plays a lawyer in Veronica Mars... And he's got that kind of voice. I haven't personally known. Sort of sends shivers down your spine. Yeah, it's got that nice soft tone, isn't it? Okay, then. I'm assuming this is the... I'd say it's probably the PAL. It runs 43 minutes and 44 seconds, because sometimes some people like to watch along, even though we do tend to digress somewhat. Just a little bit. Well, a lot. (laughs) Okay. And I didn't actually look up stuff I meant to look up, so I might tack it on afterwards. Like when the episode was broadcast, although Mike tends to be very at that sort of thing to me. Okay. Season 3, episode 4, which is entitled... I forgot the title. So have I. gone completely out of the top of my head. Mike will leave this in because it's more entertaining. Okay. Thing which is personally embarrassing to me, he tends to leave in. Okay, yeah, we've completely both forgotten the title of the show. We know who's directing it, we know who's in it, but we do not remember the name of the bloody show. I can't swear. I also run a... Um, Michael Shank's screen cap site, so I'm looking on there. Rather than IMDb? Yeah, it's called Stand By Me. So there you go. Although, I might discuss what that means, Stand By Me, during the show, why they called it that. Yeah, I was just using the pause to look up when certain things happen, but I don't have an A in the paste buffer. And I forgot the E, which is why it's now looking for Mikhail Shank. <laughs> I got the original broadcast date here, not in other countries, but that'll have to do. Yeah, because that's when we mainly watch it the next day. Okay. As the guest, you have the choice of the language I do the 321 countdown in. Really? <laughs> Just English, then, because I don't know many languages. No, we don't normally do English. Okay, we'll do it in English, then. Unless you're not in Klingon, something. I don't know Klingon, I know... Uh... English, Irish, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Swedish, Finnish, German. Oh, Russian. (laughs) Okay. Well, you choose then. No, you requested English. English is odd. We normally do Irish. Okay. 
In fact, someone even designed a logo for both the t-shirt and the... Mike sent me a t-shirt and a mouse mat, which has a three doe, a hane, clicky, and the symbol for Earth on it. The mouse mat I'm actually using now, and I have that on the t-shirt as well. Okay, then, are you ready then? And I've got my little mouse ready, and we're going to go off. Three, two, one, clicky. And we're opening in the restaurant, and there's Michael, who directed this particular episode. He's directed one other episode which was a Stargate SG-1, entitled Affinity. And he's been in this, he's been in Stargate SG-1, he's done numerous science fiction movies. And that's Erica Durant, who most people know from Smallville, and I believe she was actually pregnant while filming this episode. I mean, uh, nervous about your first day back? Yeah, probably. Yes, she was. She was coming up to about three months just before she was due to show. Does it suddenly pop out? You wake up one morning and point. Yes, it does. It turns over. I mean, I've never been pregnant mm-hmm. myself, but having had friends who say that, yeah, suddenly it will roll over and you wake up and you go, oh, hello. And there you go. It's there. That being said, I had a friend in Ireland who had been going to a doctor for several months for stomach pains and she went and then discovered the reason for the stomach pains and gave birth six weeks later. Some people do do that, which is really, really strange. I don't understand that. Are referred to her as the suddenly pregnant. Yeah, that must be really weird. So you're welcome. But after shift, I'll take them out. Really? Yeah, it's been three weeks. Looks like you're healing. Okay, so we're going to start in the ER today. ER, straight into the deep end. Okay. Remember, I'm just going to be tagging along with you, right? That's why they call it a buddy call. I did not look her up, and I should have. Yeah, that would be quite interesting. But as you can notice from... Looking at this, Erica's tops have now become a bit less tight. Mm. Stop the bold from showing. And she also wears a lot more of the white coat. Sorry, my apologies. Erica, Affinity is the episode of Stargate that Erica appeared in. Yes. Season 8, episode 7. That is Daniel Giles, who was born in Canada but moved to New Zealand at a young age. He's better known as Elijah in both the originals and the Vampire Diaries. But not his first taste of blood. He appeared in episode of True Blood as well. We had a patient who died just a few days ago. I believe he wants me to give this to Selena. But I believe his surname's actually pronounced Gillies. Or Gillies. And Ralph Fiennes prefers to be called Rafe. But I'm the one talking here, so that's his tough. Okay, I'm not too sure. I don't know myself. But there you go. My brother, please. Wait a second. Gabriel. This man is a doctor. Show him. So here we are, we're in a, uh, a clinic that he's gone to where a previous patient has left him a message to give to the woman who runs the clinic. And because that previous patient was a person that had stabbed Alex, which is why she's got a nice scar on the side of her chest at the moment. But this is a family show, so we're not going to see necessarily that aspect of her chest. Mm. Well, you did just see it. You saw the staples in the still. Yes, I remember. And there's our director again. And here's Mark. Yes. And a very nice little scene here and I so want that milk jug no thank you dear my eating days are over pain pouring cartons that's not a carton that's a uh... it's a carton inside a jug no that that looks uh, that looks like a because uh... it has a little screw top on it that looks like the sort of carton we get here yeah I'm waiting for my husband to join me and then we see the lens flare and JJ Abrams had nothing to do with this I honestly don't know, to tell you the truth, where they got it from. Oh, real sweetheart, 45. 
Ivy. This is the horrible parts of Saving Hope. After shoes. It is an after nine show. Oh yeah, the shoes are good, aren't they? No shoes. Oh shears. But he's got my shoes on as well. No, do you really think I'm a straight male? Do you really think I'd be commenting on shoes? Well, anybody can. You can be straight and still love your shoes, as they say in Big Bang Theory. If you ever watched that. Here we go. Look away if you do not like to see things. Oh, yes, obviously. Now, as we're saying, this is Alex's first day back after having major heart surgery after being stabbed. Yeah, sort of a penetrating abdominal wound. Yeah, so this is something that she's got to get over, is that she's going to see people who are in the same state. But there's also part of it whereby she keeps seeing flashbacks to her own surgery. We'll see later on in the episode as well. I meant fleshy, sir. Okay, there's no free fluid in the abdomen. You're lucky. I think it's safe to take the shears out. I'll do it. Nope, nope. Yeah, he's not fat. He's fleshy. Lover. Because you have to be very careful what you say that. I've had. I've been fat most of my life. Oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, hey. Yay. That wasn't too bad, actually. We have seen worse. No, I'm just reminded of my own experience with a leg drain. Oh, nice. Extraction. Me a visor. Here we go, an impacted bow, and you've got to get it out. Although, from the looks of things, she actually handed it off to Maggie later on in the show. Yeah. Ah, Lexa Doig. Yeah, introduce Lexa Doig, who's the director's wife. Yes, sci-fi mainstay. Most people know her from Andromeda, but she actually appeared in Tech War first. Yeah, I remember in that. Canadian-born and is married to Michael. That's all the... She's also appeared in Continuum and left, left that particular show rather explosively. Yeah, I haven't watched that show, so I, I didn't get into that. But that's why she's obviously not filming the new series then. <laughs> I did wonder. There was no... Uh, although with Continuum, just because your character's blown up doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to appear in flashbacks. That's very true. You need to go to an emergency room right now. Hospitals mean police, police mean immigration. Okay, let's all just calm down. Wow. My brother, no! That's a big Now, one. this is something that was said by the directors and actors there was that how well Michael managed to get this scene in because it was a small very very small room mm -hmm. it's an actual room it's not set oh. so they couldn't pull away walls or anything like that this is all done just by fitting the cameras in and handheld yeah steady cam then there are some shots where they have got set cameras but a lot of it is done with handheld and everything like this that door okay I'm just saying you don't need it I treat everyone here. Monday and Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. I don't turn anybody away. Good for you. I don't care. I don't care if you don't have your status or your medical card. This is a safe place. Safe. And also during this shoot, as Daniel said, it was really weird having the director behind who was married to the woman he's supposed to be acting mm. like he's going to be attracted to. He said that was really weird. Well, yeah, with the husband sort of standing there sort of going... Yeah, so you're you're looking at my wife in a... No, no, you're, you're not being attracted enough to her. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah. You should be more attracted <laughs> to her. Yeah. I mean, considering how Michael met Lexa as well, they met on the set of Andromeda, and literally within a few hours of the meeting, they were actually going out with each other. It was that quick. They were attracted to each other almost immediately. Mm. I would think it's really weird when you get actors as a profession having to work with other actors... And you've met them that way, and you're sort of sitting there going, well, how on earth 
do you, you know, not meet somebody else, if you know what I mean? Which is why you're seeing something you very rarely see in shows, because normally it's a fixed camera position, the camera doesn't move, but because there isn't room to have three or four cameras and shoot it from different angles, the camera actually rotates, which is not something you see a lot. Yeah, also moving in the scenes. Mm. It's not actually set or anything like that. Okay, okay, but no hospitality. You might want to weigh your options here, man. Deportation, your brother lives. No hospital, your brother dies. Those are not our options. We have no options. We came here from Uganda. And my brother is gay. Okay? Yeah, no, this scene is really good as well, where you find out exactly why. And this is one thing that is good about Saving Hope. It does actually bring up some really good storylines and things to make you think and make you sit down and go, my God, I didn't know about that. A lot of people didn't realise about the gay situation in their country. They were literally being killed on the streets just for being gay. Other shows with the same title. Obviously, there's the movie starring Will Wheaton and River Phoenix. There's also Vampire Diaries. I didn't check to see if uh, Daniel appeared in that episode or not. Party of Five, Casualty, Grey's Anatomy, and My Little Ponytails. <laughs> Dr. Murphy, we, uh, we have a session scheduled for... And here we have lovely Gavin, of whom, unfortunately, this was his last episode, which is Morn. Why don't you take this? I think you need it more than me. <laughs> and some really comedic directing there by Michael. He's a very good actor and a very good director. He gets the best out of his actors. He gets the best out of himself. Well, true. Very, very true. Which is very hard to do because you have to be two well, different the Stargate episode he directed, he played a particular character. Yeah, but he got he killed himself off in yeah. that so that he could, didn't have to play in it. So the two, because there was obviously two characters because it's called Double Jeopardy. So one was off doing something and the duplicate had his head chopped off. Yeah. Of which he said, I think most of the cast were really happy with that <laughs> he did it. But no, he is a very good director. And he probably hasn't really directed anything apart from a couple of episodes of... <coughs> okay, Lenny, I'm going to go and get some of your things. You might need your slippers. I kind of wonder, why do doctors seem to think those curtains are soundproof? I honestly don't know. That's what I always found when I was in hospital. I've seen it in so many shows and in actual hospital where they close the curtains and they think, you can't hear me because you can't see me. It's like the bug bladder beast of troll, you know? Yeah. If it can't see you, then... Yeah. If you can't see it, it can't see you. Packed it bow. Haven't done that since med school. It's not so bad. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of poo. <laughs> Alex, are you bleeding? Maggie, who I also should have looked up because she's lovely. Okay. Yes, Julia is lovely. She's very good. I mean, if you follow, you can follow her on Instagram and stuff like that. She posts some really lovely pictures and fun stuff. And um, here you go. This is one of the questions that's been asked about her first day back because she's not, she doesn't like to look at her own blood and that now that she's seen it absolutely everywhere pumping out of her hmm. because she was stabbed in the heart. And so it pumped out of her and so she can't stand to see it now. Difficult for a doctor. Yeah. Just don't say anything, okay? Right. There's something else you might remember about the old you. She had loyal friends. Still does. Okay. Okay. So are you worried about Dr. Murphy? Yeah, that's one way of putting it. An orthopedic surgeon. Has he broken his wrist? Shrink humor. He's a friend. This is Gavin's boss, of whom I really don't like. 
I have sort of suspicions how on earth he became a head of a department, especially in psychiatry, with an attitude of his, but it is a drama, so we can forget that. Well, it's not just that. Bear in mind, administrators often aren't experts in the area they're administrating. Speaking as an IT professional with well over a decade and a half of experience, I've had managers who could barely switch their computers on. Yeah, but usually in psychiatry you don't. They have to be... Well, he is a psychiatrist, we know that, because he, he was doing a psychiatry session, so we know he's a psychiatrist. And now they're introducing the new psychiatrist that's going to take over. No, I didn't really like. I didn't like at the beginning. He's starting to grow on me, and then when you go back and look at these episodes, you see what, how they're introducing him. I think I didn't really like him at first because he was replacing Gavin, who I love. Heartbroken. Well, nothing you can do about that. And here we go with the infamous sugar cube. Oh. Which is hysterical. Um, it does actually lend to some really good acting by Christopher Turner, who plays Gavin. Oh dear, three of them. Yes, I know. And one in his mouth as well. No, two in the coffee and uh, oh, two, two in the, the cup and one in his mouth. Alright. And here we come to find out what was in the sugar cubes. Forgot my Lucy colour card. You familiar with the nature of my clinical trial, Dr. Murphy? Palliative patients, drug trial? I'm documenting the effects of LSD on the anxiety of terminal patients. And uh, those sugar cubes are the delivery method. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. How many did you take? Three. Yeah. You'll be tripping soon. But don't worry, it'll only last 12 to 14 hours. It's Oh, shit. <laughs> Three. See, I can't count on a tent. <laughs> and here we go. He's going to go nuts. What, Rita? Okay, can you uh, go and try to find Mrs. Brown for me, please? Okay, try to remain calm. Gonna have a listen. Hey there, Glenn. I'm Dr. Bell. Everything okay here? He's having trouble breathing. Don. Kate Jackson, can you just elevate the head of his bed a little further? Alex, what are you hearing? Nothing. I can't hear a heart. And now this is a really interesting patient that they bring mm. up. This patient trying to find his heart is that everything in his body is reversed. Yeah. So his heart's on the other side. The only thing that's on, on the right side is obviously his lungs because you've got two of them on both is on the same side. Oh, okay, this. Yeah, but his liver and all that sort of stuff would be on the wrong side and the heart is all round the wrong way. And it's absolutely fascinating. I didn't realise that people could do that. Oh, yeah. And here's some more gory surgery. I watched 14 seasons of ER. Oh, right, yeah. And I, I watched St. Elsewhere before that. Yeah, they are, they are really bringing in some really interesting stuff in this. And there are actually, there are, I think there's something like three people on set at one time that are all doctors and nurses or ex-doctors or ex-nurses telling them how to do things. And a lot of the times when you see the hands on mm. the patient, they're actually hands of real doctors and real nurses doing the doing it. Erica Durant's hands are actually played by um, an 80-year-old woman or something in one show, nurse or doctor. She came in and, and did all the handwork because it was such, so delicate and she could still do it. Uh, that pop-up you saw earlier for Psychic Healing, there's a web-based series of uh, things. I haven't actually watched it myself. It's good. But it's sort of background and... Yeah, you don't really have to watch it to know what's going on. 
but it does answer some of the things within the show where you sit there and you go, where the hell did that happen? Why the hell did that happen? Organs are backwards. Backwards organs? Like how? Like a mirror image. Everything that we normally see on the left, your heart, your stomach, it's on the right. My heart's over here? Hope Zion has never had a patient like you, Glenn. You are a medical marvel. Oh, this is crazy. I've always just been ordinary. Rita calls me her common house sparrow. And now you're telling me that... Inside you are not at all common. I'm the red-headed woodpecker. Alex, can you come have a look at this? Dawn now is going, oh! Who's played by the lovely Michelle Nolden, who is a lovely girl, and who also appeared in CSI Miami with Michael Shanks. Although they never actually appeared in a... She may be a lovely girl, but the woman she plays is a complete B-word. Oh yeah, she is. She really is nasty. A lot of people love her. A lot of people hate her. She's one of those love or hate characters. Sometimes she comes across as really nice, and then the next instant she'll just change it by switching her character. I personally blame the ebbly misogynist industry I've chosen to work in, but sadly, about 70% of people, of female bosses I've had in my 22 and a half career, have decided that the only way they can effectively control male colleagues is by being a complete B-word. Yeah. Which is not good. I'm an orange. Everybody wants to peel me. Oh, he's an orange. He's an orange. Dressed in orange cape, <laughs> which I just noticed when I was watching the other day. I went, "Oh, that's good. Very good." I'm an orange. Oh, you can't leave him like this. Oh, of course not. You said he was depressed. Some opportunity. You want to experiment on him? <laughs> no, I treat him. Uh, you offered me a job because you wanted to be at the forefront of the psychedelic renaissance. Okay. You CC me on your notes. I'm amazed that, I suppose this is Canada. There's no way the yeah. US would allow an LSD drug trial. No. See, Canada and that uh, are very similar to us. Because obviously being part of the Commonwealth and stuff like that, they have similar rules to medical care in that they've got a welfare service and all that stuff the same as us. So it's not like um, America. So you haven't... Well, there is an episode with an ambulance chaser in it, but I think it's more to do with suing people mm. than actually chasing the ambulances. Here we go. Yeah. Let's get that a minute to work. Yeah. How do you find ketamine? I don't know. Okay, he's spitting up blood. Glenn, you're going to be okay. So you still buy drugs on the streets. Yeah, this show is actually filmed in Toronto as well. So it's not as only Canadian-based, it's filmed in... Well, pretty much everything is filmed in Canada, it's cheaper. Yeah, very true. It is actually really strange to watch a show that's actually filmed in LA these days. He needs mitral valve repair. No, no, no. Glenny, I'm here, honey. Dr. Bob's going to take very good care of your husband. Right? That's a really nice top. It's very flowery in summary. Yeah. But so like that woman that's the extra that stood there, that's actually a nurse in real life. And that other one in the brown shirt. These are actually nurses in real life. So that they're there to help. How do they get time? They actually can take time off work. They'll be contractors. Nurses and that can be contracted. Mm. Can be contractors. They don't have to be permanently. And I'm sure get paid far more by the television show than for doing the actual work. Probably. So it's probably exactly the same as over here. Surgery with Dawn first day back. That's going to be fun. Hey, I'm, I, I, I wanted to make reservations tonight for Scaramouche. I don't know how long this case will take, but um, 
I love Scaramouche. Well, we don't have to go. Uh, we could go for a drink or something like that. We don't have to go there. You should just come over. Really? We'll see you tonight. Okay, go get him. <laughs> Here we go. The director now makes another little appearance. Jiggling her ponytail madly. Yes, I know. I've always noticed about her hair. She always seems to sort of like... At the moment, she's trying to put it back, obviously, because Erica, she's pregnant, so her face is starting to get rounder. So she's pulling its hair back quite a lot this season to keep face look thinner. Is, seriously, does any male in television actually have chest hair? Uh, no, because, well, for a start, with an operation like that, they would shave it anyway. Yeah, but they'd be shaving it now. They wouldn't be shaving it, I mean, when they're applying the iodine. No, it's actually shaved before you go on, go in surgery, because when I, I had a hysterectomy, and you actually had to shave before you went to surgery. Really sounds gross, but you did. That topic in that area, a friend of mine who, a friend of his, well, she was a medical student at the time, but said the weirdest thing was she went in to operate on this woman for a hernia, and the hair was dyed green, and above it was a tattoo with an arrow pointing down and saying, keep off the grass. Oh, nice one. <laughs> That's what makes surgeons say. <laughs> no, 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 or even nursing staff. Okay? I feel sick. I think I should sit this one out. Okay, go home. I can still do my shift in the ER. Pedro Aircraft, I'm gonna need him. Now, as you can see here, Balik is having flashbacks or post-traumatic stress because when she, she had an out-of-body experience during her operations, now she shouldn't theoretically be able to see them, but she is seeing them. Talk to me about love, Gavin. What is love? I wasn't passionate enough for her. She wanted that kind of love. What kind of love? Crazy love! It didn't work out. She was pregnant and then she had a miscarriage. You want to talk about the miscarriage? You must have felt it yourself. Myself, myself, myself. Do you get a little background here? Maggie was pregnant and then she had a miscarriage and then she broke up with him. Which I thought really didn't project Maggie in a good light at all. I mean, I felt really sorry for Gavin. Yeah. I think she was projecting horribly and she was looking for someone to blame. Um, I don't think she was doing that so much. I think she just really didn't know whether or not she loved him or loved him enough. It, it's a very, very difficult thing when you go through a trauma like a miscarriage as to how you, you're going to affect. But even with Maggie's character, because she herself has never known proper love growing up, she doesn't know what it is and she's trying to find out what love is by experimenting, as you'll find later on in the series, mm -hmm. even experimenting with women, as well as with men, just to see whether or not it feels any different. So normally, once you open up the pericardium, you can see the right ventricle of the heart. Uh, yep, I know what I would normally see, Dom. All of the vessels and arteries in his heart are 100% backwards. It's like, it's like I've gone down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Now, here we go, trying to operate in a heart that's the wrong way. One thing about this show is that all the prosthetics and everything they use are absolutely amazing. And they do make you believe that what you're looking at is real. There's all prosthetics and, and stuff like that. And all the, as you can see there, that there's only two actors there. The rest in the operating theatre are all nurses. I'm not too sure who are the people looking over. They're probably just people that work behind the scenes. Good, because I'm going to need a moment. If they have a line to say, then they have to be an actor because they have to have the equity card to be able to talk on screen. People who don't know. And here we go. Here's the band that was hired who posted some rather nice behind the scenes shots whilst this was being filmed. What's with 
Joe's room. Family's playing folksy instruments. Driving you nuts? Beyond belief. Oh, actually, it's kind of sweet. Everyone thought Dee would hold on and wait for her husband so they could die together, but she went last night. I saw, you may have seen them, I think they're toured around your area. It's folk band, there's about 15 of them, and they're basically all a large extended family. All right. I forget the name. Well, I thought they weren't related. No, no, not this band. No, this is in the area that you're in, I think. They're from somewhere probably further west than you are. I honestly don't I know. You, I know roughly where you are. This is more... They're a folk band, so they're basically, you know, somewhere in Somerset, Dorset, Wiltshire, that kind of area. But this is actually a lovely story, which showing Detali that he doesn't want to lose Alex, that these two people have been together 70 years without a day apart, mm. which is amazing. Even when the kids were born, it was against the rules back then, but Bo used to sneak into my hospital room and nestle in beside me, hold my hand. That's devotion. Things are different now, I guess. Bo and I are a dying breed. Sad that in this day and age we don't live together so long. I don't know why society has just changed so much. It seems it's sort of like that if you have one little upset then you don't love each other and you're not together. People just tend not to work through things anymore like they used to. Yeah, well, I've never broken up with anyone. I've always been broken up with. Oh, bless. I must have to admit that's happened to me as well, but I've never broken up with anybody, Mr. I never said to, to me, it's why I... Ooh. Yes, now these are great effects. Yeah, this is... And I still think they should be playing I Am The Walrus. Yeah, which is funny. Probably cost far well, too that's much. true. That, that, that's why um, actually... It's the tyranny of the MPAA and the RIAA, and I refuse to call it anything other than a tyranny. It's why show, so many shows actually commission original music. Yeah. It's cheaper, because if they commission original music, then they own it. And you're going to see an actual blooper coming up, just interrupting for a second, because it's going to come up, where if you look at the signs, they're all back to front. Can you see it? I remember I remember comments on it and photograph on the forum. Chris does have a Saving Hope forum at savinghope.proboards.com. Yes, and I do. You can you can drop in a little ad for your uh, business as well at the end. We don't mind people doing that. Oh, okay, thank you. But yeah, I'd put it up there because I was sort of like, oh, hello, somebody got it because it was just mm. basically the girl come in from the wrong side, so they switched it. You're the only left-handed surgeon in the hospital, and I need you. Here's where Dawn sort of like shows her human side. But then she sort of like just turns around and then shows this really non-emotional side. And as you say, I think it's probably just because women who think they have to get on have to be hard. And I suppose Alex is the opposite, whereby she she had gone up her field, but because of Charlie had to relinquish her power. Well, also, bear in mind, I mean, she's treating Alex yeah. as though she was. I mean, bear in mind, Alex is a resident. She's not a full doctor. Yes. She certainly shouldn't be putting this kind of pressure on her. Mm. No, I gotta wonder, do they treat residents so terribly so that when they become full doctors... What it's really like? I just think they do. That's why, if you can get through... Well, as they say, if you can get through your residency, you can become a doctor. Because getting through the residency is actually the hardest part. I remember not long after my second running over, I don't know if you know this about drips, but after about two days, they pop, they come out of the vein. The vein basically closes up, and they need to be taken out and reset. All right. 
And this doctor came in at about 1.30am to do this for me. And I took a look at her and I said, Yeah. When did you last sleep? And she refused, junior doctor, she refused to answer me. Junior doctors in Ireland and the UK are 72 hours on, 24 hours off. And it is entirely possible that the doctor operating on you or assessing you may not have slept for the previous 65 hours. I know. It is totally and utterly ridiculous, even though they're supposed to be running under European laws. Doctors, taxi, base guys and security personnel and police and emergency services personnel are exempt. Which is stupid, which is what they're trying to get in. But then they say, well, the National Health Service wouldn't be able to run if they didn't. You're doing great, Paul. Hey, Paul, is Lake Victoria as beautiful as I remember it being? You know it? Oh, yeah, I backpacked around those sassy islands for a while. Never forget the amazing bird life there and that. I mean, the clear skies. It was perfect weather the whole time. Sounds like heaven. Yeah, it, was. it was like paradise. Yeah. Where is Daniel? Daniel. Where is Daniel? Gabriel's boyfriend. Where? He was arrested. Is that why you left? The university paper printed a list of all of those suspected of being gay. Their names and their addresses. Yeah, and then here's the story of... As any regular right. listener will know, I'm very pro-LGBT. Yeah, I mean, I myself am. I was brought up to believe that everybody's the same. Yeah. Doesn't matter who, what, where, how. It's your personality that makes you... On New Zealand, did you know New Zealand was the first country on the planet to give women voting rights? Really? No, I didn't know that. And the only country in the uh, Commonwealth where the British actually came to an agreement with the native population before they colonised. Oh, right. Must have learnt from Australia. Yeah. Maoris are required language in all uh, Kiwi schools. Oh, right. Interesting. You should go. It's an interesting place. Yeah, I've got a friend who was brought up there, and I would really like to go. Oh, it's one of the places that I'd like to live. There or Canada. I quite like it here. Yeah, you like it where you are. Yeah. Unfortunate that I have to go back. Yeah. It's a little clinic that could... What do you see? Maggie. She came back. What's she doing? She's so beautiful. She's carrying a baby. The baby lost? That's right. But here we go. This is where he's talking about the loss of the baby. But I don't think either of them actually... There's the thing. Nobody's spoken about it, really. He didn't... Uh, I, I get it, but I think a lot of women sorry, God, he didn't lose the baby. No, it's very hard to understand. I mean, the thing is, is that something must happen hormonally. I mean, I don't know. Men have said that they do get this strong connection right from when the woman says that she's expecting. Oh, yes, and no. There are some men that seem to think their duty to the baby ends at conception. But then they're... they're yeah. But, um, you know, Gavin would Gavin would take it very, very... And also because of the way his family was, because his mother ran out on him. He was never going to run out on his child. Are you trying hard enough? <laughs> yes. You're very intimidating. No, I'm not. Yeah, you went to Harvard. Mm -hmm. I'm just a guy who, who had a narcissistic mother who grew up to be a shrink. <laughs> And, um, yeah, with a narcissistic mother. Yeah, whereas Joel? Well, Joel had just had a father who had four wives. His last wife 
was in his in her twenties or whatever, and as we find out later on, they divorce. Mm. So he's also around where there's no commitment, and if you don't ever see that commitment, how do you know how to commit? What is that feeling you're supposed to have? How you're supposed to act? How you're supposed to be? Says this person <laughs> who's done psychology and, and stuff. So it's very, um, you know, if you don't have that upbringing, a lot of how we are is nature and nurture. So if you're not nurtured correctly when you're younger, then it can create problems when you're older. What are you thinking, Gavin? I'm not thinking. I'm feeling. That's progress. What are you feeling? <sighs> angry. I'm feeling angry. So that's why they always have these characters that have bad childhoods and stuff so that they because otherwise if you have a really loving home you tend to just be what they call normal and have a normal life and be able to handle things nobody's normal no that's why i put it in inverted commas but you can't see that on the radio that's how i've explained podcasting to people of my parents generation consider it to be time delayed radio just an audio recording i have another strong feeling of anger no. The other one. Love. Christopher Turner's acting is absolutely incredible in this episode because you don't really get to see him act in anything else. Well, no, he's a, he's a foil to play off Michael's insecurities and questionings about his ability and is he actually going nuts? Well, that's actually rather than Michael, Charlie. Michael's not going nuts, but Charlie's going nuts, yes. Because there's an interesting... There's an episode of Buffy where they're trying to convince her that her father's still alive and basically her mother's still alive and she's actually insane. And she's invented this whole thing with vampires and demons, yada, yada, yada. And uh, they... And here we go. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt just for two seconds because every time I watch this, all I say is do the shake and I'm back and put the freshness back. All I ever hear whenever I'm doing this. Why are they shaking you? To get the blood flow going again. It's just the easiest way to get it all going and get your heat up, get the muscles going, get the muscles pumping the blood. Thank you, Don. Really. Welcome back, Dr. Reed. The shake! It's why, you know, for DVTs and everything like that, they say just sit there and, and clench your muscles because it just helps the blood flow going around the body. Anyway, carry on with your... I don't know, I'll tell you after. Your explanation of Buffy. The thing is, at the end of the episode, you see her sitting there in a rubber room in a straitjacket, and it just fades 10 credits. Oh, God, that's horrible, isn't it? It sort of causes you to question the entire universe that you've looked at for the previous six seasons. Yes, I hate it when they do that. But, well, that's uh, that's Joss. There are times I think Joss Whedon doesn't actually like the fans of the show. He <laughs> <laughs> just does brutal, nasty things to them. Yeah, oh, I'll really get them going this week. Please tell Dr. Bell that. Sure. But you know this condition makes you special. It's nothing to hide, Glenn. You met Rita. She's the rare bird. She's the red-headed woodpecker, and I'm the common house sparrow. And that's what's worked for us for 20 years. I don't want to mess that up. You're afraid things will change because you're different? I like my life the way it is. What if you found out you were completely different inside? Wouldn't you be scared things would change? Yeah, so yeah, this is what people are scared of change. Hi. 
yes. Lost and found the hidden gems you contain. Yeah. Deep down, you're really enjoying wearing that shirt, aren't you? And don't want to keep the um, zero to horny. Very funny. Mm. That was probably Michael having a joke on him. <laughs> it's all in a day's work. And is this, um, a few days ago, a patient of mine passed away, um, and I found this among his personal effects. His, his name was Roy Wilson. Roy died, huh? Yeah, he did, unfortunately. I liked him. Me too. And this is just a lovely Lexa who I have actually met in real life. Really? And she is just as beautiful, just as lovely, and just as gracious in real life. Gorgeous. That's kind of her thing. And I actually was following her career before I actually followed Michael's, because I noticed her in Tech War, and then followed her through to the CI5s, the new professionals, through to Andromeda, and then, you know, through to everything else which she's been in, including Stargate, of course. Terrible about Andromeda, though. Well, I never really got into that show. I'm, you know, I'm a Star Trek fan by heart. Uh, been watching it since '69, so I started watching Andromeda because it's genes, and I couldn't even get through the first episode. It just was not my type of thing. But my dad loved it, so when I met him, I got him a signed autograph from her, which he absolutely adored. Did you have a similar experience to my meeting of Amanda? Which was? Which was even for the short time, you know I me. Mean? I got tongue-tied. Yes, I always do when I meet them. I had the photo up and I, I was like, there, there, Man just just as beautiful in real life as well. So soul is beautiful as well, which is just amazing. Good opportunity of meeting her as well. Yeah, no, I always get tongue-tied. With Lexa, it's quite easy, though. I just sort of walked up to her for the photo op and just put out my arms and she just went, hug! <laughs> got a beautiful hug picture with her. And uh, I feel like my fate's changed. When I saw it as the end and then I had this... Realization that when your fate changes, you change your fate. Now here's Gavin sort of saying goodbye. Uh -huh. Charlie's now got to lose the one person he can actually talk to. Well, he can talk to Don. He can do more than talk to Don. Yeah, of course we find out later in the show. But it's not... I don't think he wants Dawn to really know the effect of what's going on. But, I mean, it is great at the end that Alex now realises what's going on. So that's going to be really interesting in season four. And we have a season four. Yay. Yay, which starts filming soon. And Michael's arm's going to be repaired. What? He tore his tendon, his bicep muscle. Playing ice hockey? He was coaching children. He coaches for kids. And he was catching one of the kids because they were falling over. And uh, so that's all going to be repaired. So he had to be through orthopaedics. Oh, look, it's an orange. Is it a metaphorical orange? Yes, he's going to peel it. Gavin? This is the part of me that is for you. And this is really, very hard to film, apparently. With it squirting juice everywhere? Because he was saying goodbye. Uh -huh. He's leaving the show. Why? Did they did they kick him out or did he choose to go? Nobody has said. Goodbye, Maggie. So we have to assume that it was written into the script that they producers decided that they needed a new different psychiatrist in there or that they'd gone far enough with Gavin's character. But nobody's actually ever said. And he's never said what's going on. So up to our imagination, I suppose.
yeah, the metaphorical orange. To those who know me in Turku, if anyone listens to this, it comes from a reference. One of the people I play Ingress with writes movie reviews. And she went to see something, I think, with Jennifer Aniston, which had a metaphorical fox. All right. So it's a reference we make a lot. If somebody says, somebody mentions bunny rabbits or something, the question is, is it metaphorical or literal? You know the way that groups form these little in-jokes. So now everything is metaphorical. And there you saw the scars you can see there, which is taking out staples. You know how they remove those? Yeah, they're like staple removers. Yeah. Literally. I remember that, because she came up with this little curve thing. At one side of the staple, and we just went, poink, 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 poink. Yeah. And I remember sitting there at the time thinking, this should hurt more. The thing that got me as well is this is only three weeks after she's had major heart surgery. She's supposedly up and around. That is bull. Yeah. I couldn't even drive for six weeks. I'm assuming that's not actual wine. No, it'll be blackcurrant juice or something like that. Okay. They use stuff like that. But as you can see now, suddenly... Yeah, she's... Erica's clothing has got fuller. Maternity. Yeah. And then another episode, she is actually sitting there with cushions and that. And when they were live tweeting during the episodes, Michael was taking the Michael out of her. Mm. I saw something tonight that made me realise... I don't want to spend another night apart from you for the next 70 years. She was just announcing that she was pregnant, but she was about five or six months by that time, and so she had a quite big bump by that time. Well, that being said, I remember when I was in college, this woman was wearing a sort of, you know, it was a billowy top which didn't tuck in and just hung down from yeah. her chest. And just the first time she tore it, we went through about five different maths lectures and for some reason. And we came in and said, well, where's your woman? And he said, which one? And we both said, the one who's pregnant. <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't. She was wearing a tight T-shirt and it was completely flat. Yeah. And it's just the top she'd been wearing because it was loose like that. And although it was long enough to extend past her waist, it's the sort of top that pregnant women wear. And we both made the not unreasonable assumption that she was. Yeah, I've had that happen to me. You've been, you've been pretending? What have you been pretending? I don't know who I am. Any more, Charlie? It's a really sad part of the old episode. Aww. Okay, Alice, woman. Recovery takes some time, okay? And I know that better than anybody. <laughs> For you. But, but this is... This is me. And ever since I woke up, I've been... I've been trying. Okay, but I don't know who we are. I... I don't know what my feelings are. They're just not the same as they were before, and I feel lost. Okay. Sweetheart, we can get those back. You just, you need to give us some more time. You're not listening. Alex, I want to listen to you. Help me understand. Will you, will you, will you please let me understand? I don't think I love you anymore. Oh. Yes, he's trying to help her and everything. You're trying to be understanding. I don't want you to be understanding and rational. Yeah. Poor Erica did really throw a curve to the poor writers. Why get pregnant? I don't love you anymore. You get the impression that it wasn't deliberate? No, I don't think it was. I think they probably were planning on having children. She is a producer of the show. He would have, obviously, I would have thought, told producers at some point. Now, do you get these bits on the episodes you watch? The preview of the credits? But I don't watch it because I don't like the previews. Because I don't like to see what's happening in the next week's episode. I don't like spoilers. 
because I'll always have something in there that makes me go, oh, that's what's going to happen in the next week's episode. Right, well, that was Saving Hope episode 4, Stand By Me. Closing thoughts? It was really a nice episode. Very well done by Gavin, Christopher Turner. It was his parting shot, which is really, really sad, because I really do miss our Gavin. He was the nice, sort of like, sensible one of the group, if you know what I mean. He sort of kept everybody together. And, of course, poor Charlie loses not only his confidant in Gavin, but also loses Alex as well, which comes up in the next few episodes as to what happens to him and what he goes through. Yeah, it's a very good episode. It's it's one of the turning points within the series. Yeah, small background. This show is broadcast on the 7th of October 2014 in America, written by Maureen Brewer and Malcolm McRory. Maureen's uh, wrote 11 episodes of Saving Hope and three of Rookie Blue. Malcolm did Saving Hope and Republic of Doyle. The thing with Saving Hope is our usual format has us giving the director and writer stuff during the credit sequence, but the credit sequence in this show is about five seconds long. Yeah, and then all everything else is just sort of put along the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Right then. Okay, Chris, you were saying anything small about your website? You want to give some details? For my own, just Sci-Fi Chris Ramblings, which is chrisharmsworth.com. I then have underneath that a Michael Shanks uh, screen cap site, a Nick Kershaw site, because I'm also a fan of Nick Kershaw. And I also have my own little business that I'm trying to get up and running, which is Harmsworth Clerical, which you can find all under there, all links to get to everything else. And I also run the Saving Hope Forum, along with a couple of other admins. And um, and the Saving Hope Forum's getting a lot, getting there. We're getting there. Um, we've got art competitions and stuff going on at the moment. So if you want to come over, savinghope.proboards.com, if I can get it out. <laughs> We're a lovely little group. Yes, we, we are. You know, there aren't that many There's of me. Them, but we are all nice to each other. So, yeah, you're there. The only bloke. Which I did actually ask Michael to get more men in, and he retweeted it, but no other blokes came. So if you want to come over, please come over. You're all welcome. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that, Chris. All right. Talk to you again. Bye. All right, then. Okay. Oh, because we normally do a sign-off, but okay. This is the voice of the editor. There was a few complications with the raw audio for this episode, so we didn't really get the proper sign-off. But thank you to Alan and Chris for their look at Saving Hope, The Last Stand. This has been a bonus episode of The Gatecast. Next week, we'll have another one. Stay tuned. Let us know what you think. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.